My name is Kate the Socialite, and you're listening to episode 104 of The Kate Show. And today I'm sharing 10 ways that I am making business and motherhood a more graceful, balance, and easier thing, an easier lifestyle, really. And I'm also going to share a little bit of my birth story because I don't know about you guys, but I love hearing how little ones made their entrance into the world. And don't worry for any guys listening, I don't get into any of the details, but I want you guys to understand what this experience has been like for me and how I've been able to navigate it because I know I have a lot of young moms, new moms, or soon-to-be moms who are also following me on social, listening to the podcast. And I've been talking with quite a few of you guys, and I understand that learning how to run a business and learning how to be a mom for the first time can be extremely overwhelming. I still have days where I get totally overwhelmed, but I want you guys to understand how doable it is how it can actually be something that you can incorporate into your life. You don't have to choose one over the other. Now, maybe you'll want to. Maybe for a season, you'll want to just be a mom or just be a business owner. But if you're like me and you want to do both equally, I'm sharing my journey about how I'm figuring it out. I'm sharing what worked, what doesn't work, and what I'm changing moving forward. So if you're expecting a baby or if you're just starting to pull yourself out of the newborn fog, let me be your lighthouse. I can't say that I have all the answers, but like any good lighthouse, I can say, look out guys, here it comes. All right, so let's talk business and babies. Marketing your interior design or home staging business should be easy and relational. My name is Kate the Socialite, and I believe in action, not just ideas. And I share strategies that have proven to work right here every week. If you're serious about growing your business in the home industry, you're in the right place. Welcome to The Kate Show. Let's rewind for a second to July 27th, 2019. I'd been in labor for 17 hours. I learned that back labor made quote-unquote normal labor seem like a picnic. I had a little baby who really wanted to come out because she was about a week overdue but she kept her fist up by her face and that made her entry into the world take longer than expected. I mean, quite honestly, I went into labor at 1 a.m. and by lunchtime, my midwife was like, oh, we're going to have a baby in about five minutes because, you know, all the stars were aligned, things were happening. I was so excited, like, yes, hallelujah. I was hoping for a rather short process. I mean, who doesn't hope for that, honestly? But then labor stopped. Everything stopped. And we realized that, this little girl had gotten stuck on her way out. So things had to get a little bit interesting, but it still ended up being such an amazing experience. The moment my midwife finally exclaimed, there she is, and the moment my husband, who swears, or at least he did to that point, that he did not like babies, he swooped right into that birthing tub and he pulled his daughter out of the water with more pride and joy than the Lion King himself. And in those moments before Sadie first started crying, when she was just looking at us with big eyes, like, whoa, those memories just give me goosebumps. And because I had an awesome care team and I had a husband who never left my side, I never actually felt afraid. Now, was I exhausted? Yeah. Nauseated? Yes. (laughs) Fearful when my baby got stuck on her way out? No, not really. But I was pretty annoyed when I had to contort myself into weird positions during contractions to get that baby out super frustrating. But I have to say that my lack of fear was from, you know, the powerful mindset stuff that I've been doing throughout my pregnancy. And I'd like to think that staying on my breath really helped me not freak out and it kept the pain at bay. 
But the heart of it all, truthfully, was that I was ignorant. I had no idea what to expect, therefore I had no expectations. And that can be a really good thing. I mean, whether you're giving birth to a baby or giving birth to a business, because going into something with the wrong expectations is just a great way to set yourself up for disappointment before things even get going. But back to my story. So after being in early labor since 1 a.m. and active labor since 10 a.m., little Sadie finally arrived at 5.45 p.m. She and I sat in that giant birthing tub for a few minutes, just totally in awe of each other. My husband Matt and I were just staring at her, laughing and crying over this perfect little human. I mean, honestly, she was born just as we had hoped, at home, in a peaceful countryside setting, instead of being in a room full of people that I didn't know with a bunch of noises and lights. I was surrounded by my husband, my awesome midwife, and a really dependable doula. And then there was this baby. From that second, she has just been the joy of my entire life. And honestly, everything about that day was ideal. And I realized how blessed I am because some of my closest friends had traumatic births with many interventions and scary experiences. And my goodness, if that's your story, I wish I could hug you right now. And just know that I respect you beyond belief because you're so brave for going through what you did. And the crazy part is I hear some of the most traumatic birth stories, but then that person goes and has another baby. And I'm like, what? Either you're super brave or you're nuts or maybe a little bit of both. I don't know, but kudos to you. Now, the truth is, though, no matter how we start our journey as mothers, you and I are not that different. After childbirth and after that golden haze of the newborn weeks have passed, we're in the same boat because we have a tiny human to raise and a business to run. And how on earth are we supposed to do that? Because we love both. We don't want to stop doing either one. We're not sure what the new norm is going to be once maternity leave is done, but if you're like me, you were hoping that you prepared enough. And my friends, I've just learned that you can never prepare enough, but you can be okay with a little bit of chaos. And I want to share with you some of the misconceptions that I had in balancing business and baby and what I'm going to do to make it easier or what I have found works really well. And I hope that you just take whatever advice you can from this episode. I know that everything I'm doing is not going to be a one size fits all. And I don't have the same priorities that maybe you do. But if you can find even one little morsel to help make your new role as a mom mesh well with your role as a business owner, I hope you do it. I hope it helps. And I hope that if you have any advice for me, that you'll be willing to share it, whether on social or in my Facebook group or what have you. So here's the thing. They often say, sleep while the baby sleeps. But after maternity leave, that becomes work while the baby sleeps. So as soon as maternity leave was done, that's what I did. I thought it wouldn't be too difficult, but there was actually one crucial little element that I didn't plan on experiencing. And that is a baby who does not nap more than 60 to 90 minutes a day. Now, I naively thought all babies napped like three to four hours a day, but apparently some babies go months without napping all that much, despite all the sleep training in the world. And yes, I have tried literally every tactic known to mankind to get this child to nap properly. She's just not interested. She is the happiest kid, and she doesn't even seem tired. So it doesn't matter how many play dates, it doesn't matter if we have white noise or a dark room, or if I let her fuss for a while, it doesn't matter. If she doesn't want to sleep, she's not going to sleep. So I've stopped fighting it. And I know that as she gets older, that will probably change. And that's the thing I want to tell you right now. If you're a new mom and you're trying to run a business, just think about how much your business changes in a short amount of time. But your baby is the same way. Your baby's going to change month to month or even week to week. And some of those changes will seem like, yes, we're moving forward. This is getting easier. And some, like the four-month sleep regression, 
will make it feel like you're going backwards. But just know that everything is temporary. And that makes it a lot easier to get through. So as I've been dealing with Sadie not napping, I just I told myself a few months ago, okay, this isn't a problem. I'm just going to work after she goes to bed. That seems like a good plan, right? Because she's actually a good little nighttime sleeper. So for several months, I found myself working until midnight or later, trying to keep up with the demands of a growing business and a team. And I thought I could do it all. I thought I could be 100% the best mom, 100% the best business owner, and still do all the cooking and the cleaning, because those are some things that I oddly enjoy to a point. Like, I don't know why, I just kind of like being domestic, in addition to being entrepreneurial. And I didn't want to let go of anything. But the problem is my sanity was really starting to unravel. And I eventually broke down and I agreed to let my husband help me more often because he kept telling me, he's like, uh, you need to tr stop trying to be super mom. It's okay to let other people help. But my resistance in asking for help just got bigger and bigger. And at first I thought, well, it's because I'm type A. It's because I'm Enneagram 3. But the problem was actually pride. I took pride in doing everything myself and looking cute while doing it because why not, right? But as it turns out, exhaustion and a snappy attitude and roller coaster hormones don't look cute on anyone. And I had to wrestle with the fact that working less and resting more didn't mean I was worthless. Because unfortunately, to this point, I had been defining my value and how much I could accomplish, which is one of the downfalls of being an Enneagram 3, by the way. It's totally not surprising, but that doesn't make it okay. It's normal, but it shouldn't be my default. So the thing with motherhood and business is that it will bring to the surface all the things in your life that you really need to work on and will throw them in your face because now they are a big deal. And I think that's a good thing. You know, we're supposed to improve with age, like wine. We're not supposed to stay the same person that we were before we had kids or before we started the business because these major life changes should bring out things that need to be handled and improved and worked on. And it takes a certain level of strength and humility to work on those things. So I'm always a work in progress, and it has only become more evident now that I am a mom. So now that I am a mom, I just have had to accept that no matter what season I'm in, I need help from other people. And by the way, guys, I want you to understand that hustle only leads to more hustle, but rest leads to creativity. Health, taking time for yourself, self-care leads to clarity. Asking for help leads to community. And if you have a husband who insists on helping you a lot, don't ignore him. I mean, seriously, what was my problem? Now, I'm only half of a year into this motherhood journey, but I've already learned so much. Like I said, I need to constantly be refining myself. Like gold is refined in a fire. And you guys may not believe what I believe, but here is what I know beyond the shadow of a doubt. God puts us in these situations and gives us our desires and our passions and our interests for a reason. And it doesn't always mean that we have to just pick one. We can pick all at once, but it will feel sometimes like we are this raw piece of gold being held over a very hot fire as all the impurities are being burned away and we're becoming better. But the path to becoming better is kind of like working out. There are some facets of it you might enjoy, but there are a lot of days where you don't really feel like going through it. You don't really want to do it. But if you do it, if you stick with it, if you commit to, yes, my priority is my child, my family, and my business, and I want to hang on to both, you have to just understand that parts of you are going to go through a huge transformation. And it's not always a bad thing as long as you 
don't make the mistake I did and try to do everything yourself all the time because at the end of the day, we're all still human. We actually do need to sleep. We actually do need mental rest. So I hope that you guys don't let your pride carry you away like I did with mine because not a good thing. But you know, I mentioned priorities a second ago. So let me just tell you what my priorities are. Yours might look different, but for the sake of this episode and helping you guys understand where I'm coming from, I'm going to share it. It's always been on my bucket list to raise a baby while running a business. I'm sure that's evident by now. I built the business from the ground up with this in mind. And because that strategic plan and finding the right team, that was all in place, it has proven to be possible. I can be a mom and run a business. And while you might choose to use a daycare or a nanny to help out in the childcare department, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, I realized within the first week of being a mom that I was deeply committed to having a dual role. And now that Sadie is a little bit older and learning to nap on a regular schedule, I'm really glad I stuck it out. So if you're hoping to do something similar, take heart. You don't have to choose between being a mom and a business owner. I get to do both from anywhere, from home, from a coffee shop, from the backyard. And some days are easier than others, and some are actually a breeze. Like, it's not all hard. So stick it out, Mama, because you've got this one in the bag. Does marketing your interior design, home staging, or workroom business give you anxiety? Guys, I get it. I used to hate marketing. That is, until I found a way to make it easy and simple. Now I share my secrets with all my members over at socialitevault.com. As a member, you get access to social media posts, captions, hashtag sets, email newsletters, client welcome packets, branded magazines, and more, ensuring that you'll have a complete sales funnel for attracting new clients even when you're asleep or just too busy to even think about your marketing. Turn those hours you spend worrying about your marketing into hours spent working on new client projects. Your business deserves high-quality marketing, and you deserve to get your time back. There is no contract required for this service, so head over to socialitevault.com to get started. When I finally let go of my pride and started asking for help, when I stopped feeling guilty about how I just couldn't do 100% mom stuff and 100% business stuff on my own, I realized there are a lot of ways to make my life easier without compromising my priorities. And here is what I found. Number one, I rely on subscriptions for diapers and even some food items. I actually use Hello Bello for Sadie's diapers. They're awesome, they're chemical free, and they work really well, especially since she gets mad if I change her diaper at night. I mean, this is real mom life right here. So I hope that you take down a few notes because These things may not work for you, but if even one does, it's one less thing that you have to think about. So, diaper subscription for the win. Number two, I order my groceries online and I pick them up when it's convenient. So sometimes I'll time it with one of Sadie's supposed nap times. So I think she should be napping. She doesn't agree, but thankfully she falls asleep in the car. And that's when I'll run out, grab some coffee, pick up my groceries. And it's it's just so helpful. I don't know if your grocery store offers this, but most of them are starting to, whether it's Hy-Vee, I don't know if Costco does. Costco's not something I've ever gotten into, and I know a lot of you were like, what? Oh my goodness, how could you not do Costco? But the truth is, we all got to figure out what works for us, and right now, grocery stores that offer online pickup are a lifesaver. And leading into number three, all about food, I actually use HelloFresh for three dinners a week because I like doing the cooking, I like serving up healthy meals for my family but I really hate meal planning. 
And whenever I go to make something, I'm like, oh, but I need one other ingredient. But I don't really want to run out to the store for that one thing. I mean, you guys have been there, you know, because after working in the business all day and bouncing back and forth between nursing the baby and playing with her and having a play date with my friends and their kids and then doing some more work and you know, trying to work on the sleep training. By the end of the day, I just want to know that I have a meal ready to be made, that all the ingredients are there, and I'm not going to end up wasting ingredients that I only need to use once or twice. So HelloFresh is really awesome. I've also used like um, Blue Apron and a few others, but HelloFresh has been a consistent favorite for us. So the fourth tip that I have for you, <laughs> getting away from food, is I actually limit my phone calls to one designated day per week. And then I enlist my business partner to be on baby duty because, y'all, he's also my husband, so <laughs> it's his job. But he takes the baby for me and, you know, they'll go see grandma, they'll go run errands, whatever. And that's when I can really sit down and handle all the phone calls. And in case you're wondering, do people get irritated if they have to wait a week or five days or whatever to talk to you? Honestly, not really, because my customers are just as busy as I am, but maybe for different reasons. And having a set day every week allows me to really focus on their needs because I'm not thinking, does the baby need something? I'm not thinking, did I remember to place that grocery order? I'm actually 100% present. And being present makes a huge difference because people on the phone know if you're not really paying attention. Or have you ever been on the phone with someone and you can tell they're typing on their computer? Mm, I don't like that. It makes me feel so unheard and I don't want my clients or my members to ever feel that way. So I suggest that you consider having a very strict schedule when it comes to phone calls, especially if you find yourself taking a lot of them. But you can do this with email too. You can check your email and respond to emails at a certain time each day or every other day or whatever works for you. It is actually super helpful to have a rigid routine in certain areas of business because it makes sure that everything gets done and it makes sure that when you're doing it, you're showing up 100% instead of 75%. Okay, so my fifth tip is probably one of the more extreme things that I've done, but it is proving to be wildly helpful. And that is I hired a business manager. Now, she's not full-time yet, but we could easily get there because she's being cross-trained in different areas of my business and she is totally killing it. And it's taken my stress from a 10 to like a three or a four, which is amazing because being a stressed out mommy, and a stressed out business owner is really not a good thing. So I'm just learning to ask for help. I'm learning to communicate on what I actually need for help. And leading to my second, or excuse me, my sixth point, this can be very difficult because I actually had to fire my first person recently. Ugh, ugh, they don't listen to the podcast, so it's okay. But that was hard, guys. That was really hard. I felt so bad. But unfortunately, after several months of someone not doing their job, missing deadlines, and it didn't matter how much I talked to them about it or tried to coach them through it, I had to just let them go. It was unfortunate. But when I was able to then replace them with someone who was excited to do the work and very detail-oriented and driven and passionate about doing a good job, it made all the difference in the world. So my advice to you guys is not only bring on the right people to help you, but also let go of the people who aren't helping you given, obviously, that you've discussed this with them. Like, I'm not suggesting you get all dramatic and start firing people on the spot, but just learn how to communicate what you need and learn to be okay with making big changes in your business if something is just not serving you or worse, actually draining your business of resources or creativity. 
The seventh tip I have for you is totally a personal thing, but I have to share it because it's huge. It's huge for me. I actually started listening to my husband's business advice on a more regular basis, and I started listening to his baby advice because he is an equal partner with me in both endeavors. And here's the thing. My husband, Matt, actually really knows what he's talking about, almost to a bizarre level on all fronts. And he is very savvy about just, he has common sense. He has common sense when it comes to parenting and business, and he is easygoing. And that has really helped balance my type A hyper-driven attitude. So if you have a spouse, if you have someone in your life who actually does give really good advice and offers to help, take them up on it, follow their advice, even if you can't quite figure out how they arrived at that conclusion, because it could be life-changing for you or for your business or for everyone involved. So don't write off having someone help you make decisions, especially if you're sleep deprived. I mean, moms at any stage in the motherhood journey have been sleep deprived. I don't know if we ever get out of it until the kids are out of the house. And then do you stay up all night worrying about them once they're in college? I don't really know. I've had to really readjust my perspective when it comes to motherhood because not only do I worry about things I never thought I'd worry about, but the mental load of making tons of decisions for another tiny human can really start to wear on a person and it could affect your personal life and therefore your business. So don't be afraid to lean on other people. All right, my eighth tip for you is about batch working. I batch create things as much as I can, from podcast episode recordings to the show notes to similar client work. So if one client needs something with their website and so do other people, I do all of that in the same day because the fewer times my brain has to change paths, the more I can accomplish in, say, an hour or two hours. My ninth tip is a super wild one, okay? And some people love this idea. Some people think it's just ridiculous. But I actually deleted my social media apps from my phone. Now, in the first few months of motherhood, I kept telling myself, I just don't have enough time. I don't have enough time for this or this. Yet I was off it on my phone. And my phone actually told me how much time I was spending. And it was embarrassing. So I was like, oh, gross, goodbye. And I deleted Facebook and I deleted Instagram from my phone. Now I still have the, the platforms. Like I still have an account on the platform. I still use it. But I hardly think about either of them unless I'm sitting down once a month to schedule out my posts for that entire month. It really helps free up so much mental space. It helps me not compare myself to other businesswomen or other moms. It helps me really stay in my lane and save my creative energy for the things I'm producing in the business, for the business, for my clients, for my members of Socialite Vault. It has really done wonders. My 10th tip is quite honestly the overarching tip that needs to be applied in every facet of your life and your business, and that is resetting perspective. So I had to reset my perspective on busyness versus actual productivity. My to-do list got shorter because I actually removed the fluff, the stuff that I just didn't need to be doing or that someone else could do, or honestly, it just didn't need to be done at all. I was just so stuck in an old routine that wasn't fitting my current lifestyle, and it had to change. I actually started accomplishing more because once I removed all the fluff and I had to be more efficient, I also had to limit distractions, which kind of goes along with deleting social media from my phone. Now, on a personal and mental health level, I continue to prioritize certain things in my life, or I should rather say I've started prioritizing new things in my life that I didn't have to before, such as playdates with my friends and their little kids. And I strongly recommend that for every new mom, because no matter how busy you think you are, you need to be around 
your friends. You need to be around other moms and your babies need to socialize with their babies. You guys need to remind each other that you're not alone. I mean, from asking them, is this normal? Is that normal? What should I be doing here? What should I expect next? To sharing tips or just texting each other in the wee hours of the morning because you know they're going to be awake just like you are. There's such a beautiful community to be found in business women who are also choosing to be full-time mothers. So at the end of it all, the biggest piece of guidance that I want to give anyone out there who is a new mom or who is about to become a mom is this. Balancing your baby and your business isn't about the perfect schedule or the highly maintained routine, especially in that first year. I really think it's just about lifestyle. It's about letting go of the busyness factor and getting down to business. It's about reveling in the fact that you get to kiss those chubby little cheeks any time of day while also living out an inspiring entrepreneurial example to your son or your daughter of exactly what is possible if you work hard and stay organized. Now, I have no idea what career path my little Sadie is going to choose, but I hope she knows after watching me and her dad that being unconventional is completely okay. That being equally interested in two wildly different things like business and babies, for example, is completely possible. And instead of feeling like she needs to choose one goal over the other, I hope that she'll see a way to blend both. It is a blessing, an honor, and a privilege to live a fulfilling life like this, and I thank God every day for it. And now I want you guys to think, whether you have kids or not, what oddball goal do you have? What two passions would you love to incorporate into your life, even if they seem like they're really opposite? What crazy goal are you hiding because culture says it's not possible? Well, I call bullcrap. You can go make that happen. It doesn't matter how different your passions are. You are the person who has those two passions, and I bet they were given to you for a reason. So don't wait. You can pursue both of them. If you want to pursue one and add the second one later, that's okay too. But don't feel like you have to start piecemealing who you are as a woman, as a business owner, as a mother, just because culture says you have to. You don't have to. You get to create your life. All right, guys. I know this deviates from what I usually talk about, but I want you guys to understand that I'm more than just a marketer over here. I am a real woman with real struggles, learning real lessons, and I hope that you're able to take even just a little bit away from this episode. All right. Until next time, keep your marketing simple, keep your life simple, and guys, just know that you're doing a great job. You are rocking it. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. Visit us at thekateshowpodcast.com where we empower home professionals with marketing confidence.